0: This is Joshua Reckelhoff. I'm an assistive technology specialist with Easter Seals Crossroads.
1: Hi, this is Ron King. I'm also an assistive technology specialist with Easter Seals Crossroads, and this is your assistive technology update.
2: Hi, this is Wade Wingler with the Indata Project at Easterseals Crossroads in Indiana with your Assistive Technology Update, a weekly dose of information that keeps you up to date on the latest developments in the field of technology designed to assist people with disabilities and special needs. Welcome to episode number ninety of Assistive Technology Update. It's scheduled to be released on February fifteenth of twenty thirteen. Our interview today is with Ron King and Josh Reckelhoff, who happen to be two AT newbies. These are professionals who have. Recently started working in the field of assistive technology and we pick their brains a little bit about what that's like. Also, we try a new segment this week called This Week's Hashtag, where we pick a hashtag from Twitter and see what's happening out there this week. Uh, Our app this week is called My DPS, and the folks from Bridging Apps give us a report on that. We have information on a new bionic eye that gives hope to folks who are blind, some information from Seasun about their new winter newsletter information on the new Tar Heel Reader, as well as a weather radio for folks who are deaf or hard of hearing. So we hope you'll check out our website. It's eastersealstech.com. Learn all kinds of new interesting things there almost every day. Uh, we hope you'll send us a note on Twitter at Indata Project. and call our listener line. Tell us what's in your assistive technology toolbox. We like to hear about real people using real assistive technology to get some real results. That number is 317-721-7124. Holly over at the Accessibility and Technology Geek blog has an interesting article about weather alerts for the deaf and hard of hearing. She links to a uh, government website here that talks about the special needs NOAA or NOAA weather radio for deaf and hard of hearing individuals. And I really wasn't aware of this until recently. Um, it's a weather radio that's equipped with some very specific technology for folks who are deaf or hard of hearing. It includes visual and vibrating alarms so that there's a if there's a weather event in your area, it will shake and and flash and let you know that something's going on. And for example, three warning lights indicate the level of the weather alert, whether it's a statement, a watch or a warning. It has the ability to connect to a pillow vibrator or a bed shaker to allow people to have themselves woken up if there's a bad weather event. And then it has text uh, come across an LCD display that tells you what the warning is, whether it's a tornado watch or a thunderstorm warning or those kind of things um so i'm going to stick a link in our show notes over to holly's blog post and then that can forward you on to information about these um accessible weather radios and where to get one pretty cool check the show notes for the link Our friend Patrick Black over at Teaching All Students blog has talked about the fact that there's now a new version of the Tar Heel Reader. If you haven't been familiar with the Tar Heel Reader before, it's an online web service that works on your computer as well as your iPad and other kind of devices that allows you to create switch-accessible and screen-reader-accessible Books for children or adults, I suppose as well. When you go to the tar, the website, which is TarHeelReader.org, and I'll stick a link in the show notes over to it, it allows you to either find a book or to write a book. And when you go there, it allows you to search all kinds of books that are rated different levels for different audiences in different languages by various topics like alphabet and animals and nature, biographies, fairy and folk tales, fiction, food, health, history, and those kind of things. And there literally seems to be dozens, if not hundreds of books that people have created there and they're sharing them with each other. So when you click on one of them, it'll give you a picture. It'll also give you text if there's text associated with the book. And it's set up to allow people to create their own switch accessible um, and assistive technology accessible books. So it's a free service. It's pretty cool. And we're going to link to Patrick Black's article in our show notes so that you can investigate the new version of Tar Heel Reader. I'm looking at a copy of the CSUN Winter Newsletter here, and of course, the Center on Disability at California State. University. Northridge is well known for their work in the area of assistive technology. Their conference is going to kick off in California on February 26th, and they've got a lot of exciting things going on there. Um, They talk about the fact that Comcast is going to uh, allow individuals who are blind or visually impaired to test a voiced TV program guide prototype. Um, There are a number of things related to an art exhibition by artists with disabilities, even a WordPress accessibility tweet up that's been set up um, for Tuesday evening, also on the 26th. So um, check the show notes, and I'll link over to Sun's winter newsletter where you can learn about things related to the conference and all kinds of cool stuff happening over at Cal State. I'm seeing a series of stories related to this first bionic eye that's um, being approved, that may be approved rather by the FDA. Uh, there's a group called Second Sight Medical Products, and they've developed a bionic eye, a prosthesis called the Argus II retinal prosthesis system. And basically, it seems to be a sort of a camera that's connected by 60 electrodes implanted into the retina with some glasses um, and fitted with some electronics so that the person who has retinitis pigmentosa relies on this camera to to send signals um, through the retina. Apparently it's been approved for use in Europe and they're working on getting approval here in the United States. The cost of the item in euros is about $73,000 or almost $100,000 US and they anticipate if approved in the US the cost might be higher. But um, kind of a futuristic scientific story here. I'm gonna link over to the industryweek.com article where the headline is Bionic Eye Gives Hope to the Blind. The Department of Defense's Computer Accommodations Program has a great new video that talks about the basics of providing reasonable accommodation solutions. Here's a quick clip.
0: What is
3: a reasonable accommodation solution? Reasonable accommodation solutions may include making existing facilities accessible, job restructuring, part-time or modified work schedules, training materials or policies, providing readers or interpreters, reassignment to a vacant position, or acquiring or modifying equipment. For access to information and essential work functions. Where does CAP come in? The Computer Electronic Accommodations Program, also known as CAP, provides needs assessments, demonstrations of
0: assistive technology.
2: So check our show notes to listen to this oh, two, two and a half minute video that really does a great overview of providing reasonable accommodation solutions by the Computer Accommodations Program from the Department of Defense. And here's this week's hashtag. So I think I want to try a new segment here on the show called Assistive Technology Hashtag of the Week. You know, Twitter is a place where people communicate all kinds of interesting things related to assistive technology. If you haven't used Twitter and don't know about hashtags, here is how it works. You sign up for an account at twitter.com, which allows you to communicate with people in strings of text that are 140 characters long. Hashtags are words, usually very short words, that start with a pound sign or a hash mark and then have um, the, the word or the hashtag. And that's a way for people to keep track of different kinds of content. So for example, the hashtag of the week this week is A11Y, A11Y, and that's a Twitter shorthand for the word accessibility, right? Accessibility starts with an A, ends with a Y, and has 11 characters missing in between. So A11Y is the hashtag of the week. So each week, I wanna talk about an accessibility hashtag or an assistive technology hashtag and tell you what I find. So I went to twitter.com, and in the search box, I put in pound sign or hash sign, A11Y, and here are the kind of things that I see. Khalid says, which screen, re- which screen reader works with SPSS? Um, and then are specialized scripts required for SPSS to work? And the A11Y hashtag is there. Um, somebody suggests that voiceover is a great name for a screen reader, but some developers mistake it for, you know, voiceovers. Go figure. Um, Somebody says, I posted sample ARIA tabs with stealable code yesterday, hoping for more feedback. Um, Somebody else, Terrell, has examples of how various organizations have addressed accessibility in RFPs and purchasing processes. So these are some examples of some of the stories that are floating across Twitter at this very moment under the A11Y hashtag. And if folks are interested in this, I'll do this um, for a few weeks and see how it goes. If you have a hashtag that you think I should investigate and talk, talk about here on assistive technology update. Let me know. We'll do a hashtag of the week segment for a while until we run out of hashtags. We love it when we hear from our listeners. We have an email here from Lyndon. Linden says, Hi, I love your podcast on iTunes called Assistive Technology Update. It is very informative, up to date, and one of the best produced podcasts on assistive technology on iTunes. I am entering graduate school studies in the assistive technology field through California State University, Northridge. I am very excited about entering the field and have been around AT for many years since I am visually impaired myself. Thanks for your time, Lyndon. Linden, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We love to hear from our listeners if you guys would like to reach out to us you can send us an email tech at eastersealscrossroads.org shoot us a note on twitter at indata project or better yet call our listener line leave a message there at 317-721-7124 now here's an app worth mentioning
3: this is julie smith with bridging apps and this is an app worth mentioning Today I want to tell you about the app called My DPS. This app was developed by the Language Express Incorporated. It's 99 cents and it's available in iTunes and the Android market. My DPS, which stands for Digital Problem Solver, allows its users to identify a feeling and emotion and then a coping strategy to go along with that emotion. There are eight emotions, feelings that come built in along with four coping strategies to choose from. This app is very user friendly. When the app is activated, it simply prompts the user to one, choose a picture to show how you feel. And then number two, choose a coping strategy verbal prompts, brief narrations, and reinforcement throughout are wonderful features that add to the user experience. A short video also accompanies each built-in coping strategy so the person can see it in action and try it on their own. My DPS is also customizable, allowing the user to add photos from their camera roll or take photos on the spot. These can be labeled with text, however, no further audio or video capabilities are possible in the customization setting. All in all, my DPS is a good start to teaching emotions and feelings and coping strategies. It can be useful with students that respond better to immediate social cues, as well as as the use of a device. It also helps increase student independence and self-reliance. There are some challenges in that the labels are not read aloud, so it can be challenging for non-readers to find this app useful. There is also no option for creating separate student accounts or folders for the feelings and strategies, so every time you use the app, you have to flip through multiple pictures. It would make the best sense to use this app with one student on their own personal iPad. For more information on this app and others like it, visit bridgingapps.org.
2: Today on Assistive Technology Update, I have a couple of guests in studio who are actually my co-workers, and we're going to talk about what it's like to be an AT newbie. So Josh Recklhoff and Ron King are two guys who have been working here at Easter Seals Crossroads um, for weeks, months, less than a year for sure, um, who are fairly new to assistive technology. And I know that a lot of folks who listen to the show are longtime users of assistive technology or folks who have been working in the field for a long time, and I think sometimes there's a lot of value in looking at our profession from the perspective of somebody who's still kind of new to it. So that's what I want to kind of get into today a little bit, is kind of talk about, well, what does AT mean for folks um, who are kind of new to the whole thing? So, um, Josh, let's start with you. How are you doing today? Doing great. Good. Tell everybody your name and what you do here.
0: Uh, I'm Joshua Recaloff and I'm an Assistive Technology Specialist with Easter Seals Crossroads.
2: There you go. Ron? Hey everybody, uh Ron King, Assistive Technology Specialist with Easter Seals Crossroads. Good. Thanks, guys. I know you're supposed to be out working with folks right now, and I pulled you in for a little bit of time, so I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. Um, you guys are both new to assistive tech. Josh, how long you've been doing this?
0: Uh, let's say about
2: six to seven months. Six or seven months. Ron? Four months. Four months. But you're neither one totally new to assistive technology or technology. Um, Ron, tell us a little bit about your background with technology and, and kind of how you got here. Well, I actually um,
1: was in IT
2: for a number of years, and
1: we actually did IT here in the building. So I got to meet you guys, you know, uh, doing that, and uh, got a little peek at the AT side. But. Uh, That's it, I guess.
2: Yeah, Yeah, so you were a computer nerd that we kind of knew and said, ooh, that guy's got promise. He would be good in assistive technology. And that actually figured into the process of you coming to work here, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, good. Now, Josh, you're the young guy in the group. We like to tease you about that a little bit. But tell folks how you got here and your background.
0: Um, Well, first off, my background uh, from the very beginning is uh, I have mild cerebral palsy um, and worked a lot with uh, the disabled community, um, especially through college. Um, worked a little bit on the computer side prior prior to coming here, um, but worked a lot with my own assistive technology, and uh, you know this was just uh, a great fit. I enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. So so why assistive technology? You've been using AT for a long time, but you could have gone anywhere with your with your background and your degree. I mean, why why AT? Uh,
0: the reason I decided to AT is one. I, I love people. I'm a people person. I've got a bachelor's in science of psychology, so naturally you know, I'm drawn to people and what better place to, uh, to start enriching people and being a positive uh, influence in our lives than, than AT. Plus I like the technology. So, you know, technology geek and people, it's a perfect fit. There you
2: go. I was going to tease you. Hmm. I like to work with people. I think I'll work with computers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Ron, how about you? Why assistive tech? Why not system administration and network configuration and those kind of things? I know you have experience with that stuff.
1: Yeah, I do. Um, Needed something different, something a little less monotonous, more uh, maybe challenging. So, uh, and also like Josh, I, I love the new technology. Um, being an AT allows us to be sort of on the cutting edge of the new technologies. So that's that's one of the big draws. And then again, I sound a little bit like I'm repeating after Josh, but I'm a people person too. I enjoy being around people and working with people. So, and as a system administrator, you don't get a lot of that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Change my password. I forgot it. I'm locked out. I got a virus. And those are the exchanges, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. So, guys, tell me a little bit um, what it's like to, to work here. I mean, don't tell me, oh, you guys are great bosses and we like to work here. But tell me what a day in the life is like as an assistive technology specialist, because you guys kind of do the same job. Um, but I'd like to hear a little bit about what's what's the day in the life like. Go ahead, Josh. I'll let you go first.
0: All right. Um, well, first off, I just my day starts with talking to a client or 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 a VR counselor. trying and get a feel for the way a case is and the way that I need to approach a certain person because their learning styles are different. Um, you know, I don't want it to be a, a person that just sits there and kind of a boring trainer or boring installer. I want to be engaging and have you part of the process. I also want it to be fun. I, I like to joke around with people when it's appropriate and, you know, kind of add, add a little bit of fun and energy to it. So my day starts with trying to make that relationship and build that and then bring in the technology and, and letting the person know that, you know, I'm here to install and train you, but, you know, this is really going to be a part of your life. And so that's usually how how my, my day starts and the process starts for me.
2: Excellent. Ron, what would you add to that? Um,
1: well, Josh did a good job um, explaining a day, but you know, there, there's a there's a paperwork side. You know, you gotta take care of, you gotta take care of getting things organized. You have to be uh, fairly well organized to do this job. Um, you have to be spontaneous because things can change quickly on you. And, and like Josh says, you have to be um, someone that's going to be willing to take the time to find out about the person they're going to be serving and trying to meet their needs because everyone's an individual and we're out to uh, meet that individual's needs.
2: Yeah, and we're all about person-centered everything that we do here. And you guys obviously have gotten that instilled in you early on. Um, A lot of the listeners in our audience are in special education. They might work in a voc rehab uh, system. They may be folks who use assistive technology. So throw out some names of some of the technology that you guys are implementing on a day-to-day basis, just so that folks understand what you guys do. Because it's not wheelchairs. It's not augmentative communication. What kind of things are you guys working with regularly?
0: Um. The first two that come to my mind are Kurzweil 3000 and Dragon, Mm -hmm. and those are my go-to's.
2: So you're doing a lot with folks who have learning disabilities and are handling print materials in that way, right? Absolutely. Yeah, Ron. What kind of stuff you've been using lately?
1: Um, I work with uh, the visually impaired a lot, so I've been using a lot of Zoom Text
2: and my big brother buddy Jaws. Yeah, yeah, jaws. That's a whole new animal, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Ron, you tend to be focusing a little bit on the vision impairment side of things. Is that the trajectory that you're looking to do? I mean, as you um, look at where how you have your sights set on the industry, do you tend to? Do you think you want to focus on the blindness stuff, or is that just where you, what you're working on right now?
1: Um, yeah, I think I think I do want to focus on that. Um, I think it's a. It's an area that may be underserved so I think it might might provide a lot of opportunities and uh, I really enjoy working with the people I mean um, I've learned so much just in these last four months being a person that had never met a totally blind person really before and now working with them so it's been a great experience and I really enjoy working with them so I'd like to continue that way yeah
2: Good. Well, and there's plenty of the technology tends to be pretty deep on that side. There's lots and lots of different kinds of technology and it tends to be pretty involved. And so there's a lot to kind of dig into there. Um, Josh, what about you? Long-term trajectory. What do you think?
0: Uh, There's really no question uh, for me. Uh, Basically, cognitive impairments, TBIs, traumatic brain injuries, um, kind of more the physical limitations Uh, side, that's kind of where I'd like to focus and specialize in. I think that just given my nature and what I've had to deal with, I have a unique insight into that, so why not play to my strengths? Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense.
2: Um, So guys, you both went through an interview process, you found out about the job in different kind of ways. And at one point, you sat down with probably your boss and me, and we tried to explain to you what this job is like, and what it's like to work here, and what does an assistive technology person do? Um, And we probably described it in one way, and it's really hard, and I've interviewed lots of people about the job here, to describe it in a way that's accurate. So if you think back on the interview, when we talked about what will this job be like, and what it actually is like, tell me about the surprise. How it's the same or different than you thought it was going to be, or maybe some of the challenges that that you've experienced.
0: Um, I can I can think of the very first uh, training that I went on where the the auspices was help this client use a computer, and I thought okay, you know maybe show him you know some cool stuff with Outlook and the home groups and you know a little bit. The first question he asked, well, how do I turn it on? (laughs) <laughs> and and that, that threw me for a loop. I was like, oh, we're going back to this is what a power button is. And that was kind of something that I didn't really expect. I would be teaching a person literally to utilize a computer for the first time. And it was, it was exciting and, and challenging at the same time to, to kind of see it through their eyes and help them from literally step one to, you know, sending an email. So.
2: Yeah, it's sometimes we overestimate, you know, where a person's starting and you kind of get in there and you get surprised. Oh, we really do need to be basic, 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 basic with that. Um, Saran, as you think about, you know, you know, a few years ago, you were mostly doing network level, you know, help desk support kind of things and those sort of things. And now you're dealing with people with disabilities and a whole new group of technology. What have been some of the challenges to get, you know, from building on your background to doing assistive technology? I mean, I know there's new tools, but what is How how has that process been challenging or has it been? Has it been a walk in the park to say, okay now I'm doing assistive technology? Well,
1: And in a way, it's similar. Um, Believe it or not, when I was doing like help desk support, a number of times I would would remote access people, and the only way we could communicate was by typing in Word So we were basically couldn't speak to one another or hear one another. So in a way, that transfers over rather nicely. But um, I get to know the people a lot better. Um, yeah. I build relationships with the people that I'm working with, and it's one of the most rewarding things, and it's something I didn't consider coming into the jobs, that I would get actually this close to the people that I'm working and trying to help, you
2: know. Yeah and, yeah, and I think people who work in the field of assistive technology get those personal experiences that you probably don't when you're helping somebody in a help desk environment. It's a little less of an intimate kind of experience. Speaking of that, tell me a story. You've been doing this for how long again? Four months. Four months. Certainly you've bumped into somebody who's touched your life in some way. Tell me a story. Um, I have. I've bumped into a lot of people that have touched my life, but I'll, I'll share a, a
1: real short story. I, I started training, um, a visually impaired user on their computer and one of the things when we started was that she was very dependent on her husband to help her and we made it one of our goals that she became more independent and less dependent on the husband because that also led to arguments and, and other things. <laughs> sure. So uh, after a few training sessions she came back to me and said, Ron, we're not fighting over assistive technology in the computer anymore and that was <laughs> one of the greatest things that I had heard. You know, I. I was actually having a
2: positive effect there, so that was that was real nice. So you did some uh, unintentional marriage counseling <laughs> while you were fixing the computer. <laughs> exactly. That's great. Josh, how about you? I know you've got a story.
0: Yep, uh, a college student here in Indiana that uh, uses a wheelchair, and um, the biggest thing for him was notes. He was behind. He was asking friends and teachers, and he he didn't feel like he was a normal student. He didn't feel like he was a normal classmate, that he was pushed outside of the group and ostracized. Mm-hmm. And kind of maybe like, you know, I'm an intelligent guy, I'm here at college, I don't need a crutch, you know, I don't need a handout. And uh, I showed him the Livescribe pen and how he could take notes and record them and come back. And um, also he was using Dragon to, to type his own paper and, and write his own notes after class. That just let him, he's like, I'm uh, Josh, you've allowed me to be in control of my own life. I'm, I'm a student now, I'm, I'm part of the class. People are asking me for my notes that's how good this is and that makes you just feel awesome great yeah if you can do that for someone that's excellent
2: um, if I had to ask you guys in just a few words we're running out of time here but to boil down some advice for the old dogs you guys are the new dogs what advice do you have for the old dogs in the field what would it be
0: you want to go first Ron? Uh,
2: yeah I'll throw
1: something know. I say uh, I, I think anytime you've been in something for a long time you lose that zest you have when you're new and I would say, try to do something to keep yourself fresh, to refresh yourself. And also, you know, everybody says it all the time, but don't, try not to get stuck in one way of thinking. Don't be afraid to open up, and maybe those newbies may be crazy, you know, they don't have the experience, <laughs> but every once in a while they might have a good idea, you know, so. Maybe, I don't maybe. know about that. <laughs> Josh, what advice do you have for the
0: old dogs? Um, echo Ron's point, sort of. Um, when you get into a routine, especially when you're training or trying to teach somebody a skill, you follow this, you know, I've done 25 clients this way and I'm going to continue doing it this way because it works and it's fast. Uh, you know, add in something else, add in another, maybe even utilize the assistive technology you're trying to teach them on, you know, and so it can be, a, you know, a teach while they, they learn kind of deal at the same time. Kind of mix it up a little bit, you know, maybe have, have a little bit of fun with it and just see where it goes. That's, that's important. Excellent. Excellent.
2: Ron King and Josh Recklhoff are two of the new assistive technology specialists here at Easter Seals Crossroads. Guys, thanks for taking some time out of your day and giving us your newbie perspective.
1: You're welcome. Thanks, Wade. I appreciated the opportunity.
2: Do you have a suggestion for someone to interview on assistive technology update? Do you have an assistive technology question? Call our listener line at 317-721-7124. Send us a note on Twitter at Indata Project or visit our website at www.eastersealstech.com. This has been your Assistive Technology Update. I'm Wade Wingler with the Indata Project at Easterseals Crossroads in Indiana.